Breeze, would you please come? Put your hands together for Edna, if you can do that while holding a Bible. Edna is a leader in our community and is on the, uh, the council, the city council of Palmer and has been a faithful leader here in, in KC for a number of years, three years, I think, and uh, a, a, great, a great woman of God. And she's been nominated from our congregation to go represent us on the entire board over all of our 75 different churches. So uh, that's a great honor, and she's decided to say yes, and we thank you for that. Uh, so we will be voting formal members. Now, you know you're a formal member because you went through a three-and-a-half-hour class, and we fed you spaghetti and meatballs and stuff, and, and, and you came, and you ate it, and you, you, so you've gone through that, and you filled out the card. I mean, you know who you are. Uh, so formal members, I really need you to turn out tonight. Now, if you can't turn out tonight, we are giving an opportunity. We've never done this before, but uh, we're allowed to do this in this case. Uh, we're allowed for you to vote like an absentee ballot. And uh, Minister Tim, would you just say hi to everybody? Okay, Minister Tim will be over underneath the, uh, the big screen out, out there. If you're not able to make it tonight, please vote for Edna DeVries. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. You, you look at these things right here. Here's all the different board members, and there's those that are, uh, there's mainland extensions. She's, her bio's right at the top, and there's three others. I know them all. I know all of the people that are on the ballot. Okay, they're all great men and women of God. So you pray that God would lead us and direct us and you vote according to how God would lead you. Okay? All right? And if it's God's will to have Edna on the board, that would be a wonderful thing. You want to share anything, Edna? No, I just want to underline what Pastor said is, you know, you be sure that you hear from God. And because, as Pastor says, you know, the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. And so the right person or the wrong person on the right board can still be wrong. And so I just want to be sure that you hear from God and um, humbled by your election already. And uh, I just ask that the Lord just guide you. Thank you. Thank you, Edna. So let's just pray here for a moment. Father, we pray, God, even over this ballot and for the year-end meeting as we go over the finances and everything tonight, uh, as it's live at 945 tonight that uh, your plan and will would be brought about and you would give each and every one of the precious people that are in covenant here, formal members, uh, with uh, grace and wisdom of who to vote and how to do everything that, that we're called to do. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Uh, one more thing before we read Isaiah 30. Uh, this is the year-end annual report, and uh, that is available for those who would like to take a look at that. You certainly can. This will also be uh, at that front desk right there uh, with Minister Tim. And we'll be going over all the financials and everything tonight at 9.45. The meeting's about an hour long, and it will be live uh, over the Internet. So I know it might be a little late for some of you, but if you're able to come, whether you're a formal member or not, you can come find out all the different things that are happening. And uh, I do need your vote also. Now, if you're not able to make it tonight, I need you to vote regarding the Delta Junction building, yes or no. Very simple. All right, Minister Tim? So we need board member votes. If you can't make it tonight, formal members, as well as the Delta Junction vote. And, uh, and so he'll walk you through that over there. Okay, Isaiah 30, are you all there? Good. Look, find verse 18. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for Him. Let's say that out loud. Blessed are all who wait for Him. O oh, people of Zion, who live in Jerusalem, You will weep no more. How gracious He will be when you cry for help. 
as soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Then you will defile your idols overlaid with silver and your images overlaid with gold and you will throw them away like a menstrual cloth and say, away with you. And you got to love the Old Testament. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. Okay. <laughs> Children's churches upstairs. Verse 23. He will send you rain for the seed you sow in the ground. And the food that comes from the land will be rich and plentiful. In that day, your cattle will graze on broad meadows. The oxen and donkeys that work the soil and eat fodder and mash spread out with a fork and the shovel. In that day of great slaughter, when the towers fall, streams of water will flow on every hill. The moon will shine like the sun, and the sunlight will be seven times brighter like the light of seven full days. And the Lord, when the Lord binds up the bruises of his people, and heals the wounds inflicted. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you're going to do this morning. If you have the freedom again to pray in the Spirit, just go ahead and do it right now. Hallelujah. Move in power. We won't stop you. We won't hinder you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Now look at this whole passage. Now we do have notes for you, and we'd encourage you to go ahead and fill in the notes as we move along. If you don't have notes, would you slip your hand up? They'll bring that to you. All right. Person over here, praise God, a couple people. Wonderful. All right. Look at the whole passage. God is a God of justice. Everybody say, God's a God of justice. God's a God of justice. And He longs to be gracious, but He blesses those who wait on Him, the text says. Interesting. If he blesses those who wait on him, I think we should probably understand what it means to wait on God. God is a God of justice, and justice, and he's gracious. Come on, somebody say, God wants to bless me. Yes, he does. He longs, he desires, he yearns to be gracious to you. Now that is, is really a, a new thought for many people. Many people think that God is trying to beat them into you know, something and trying to angry at them. Trying to bash them or teach them something through depression. That is not the God of the Bible. God is a God who longs to be gracious to you, but He will bless those who, who wait for Him. That word longs is the word shakal in the Hebrew. It, it means longing with action. It's, 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 as, it's as if He's poised, ready to pour something on you. Now, Israel, in the context of the passage that we read, Israel's leaders were not waiting on God, and we'll define what it is to wait on God, but they were not waiting on God. And as a result of them not waiting on God, they were going headlong into disaster. I don't know if you've ever gone headlong into disaster. I have. And I don't want to ever do that again. And the Lord has taught me and is teaching me what it is to wait on Him. Now, come on, you know I'll know the Scripture, many of you. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, right? They'll matter. Well, what is it to wait on God? I think we ought to find out. I think we should know what it is to wait on God, don't you? What does it mean to wait on the Lord? Well, the first thing is it means to pray. Fill in the notes. It means what? To pray. To wait on the Lord is to pray. And you'll see this throughout Scripture. Acts, pardon me, Psalm 39, 7. 
Acts 1.4, I'll read that. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. Everybody say, wait. Wait for the gift my Father promised. You've heard me speak about. Luke 24.53 said they stayed continuing in the temple praising God. Really waiting on the Lord. See, there's a, there's a, a principle of waiting on God, which is, is prayer. In the, text, it, it, in the text, it talks about when you cry out, this is verse 19, when you cry, He'll hear you. Crying out is prayer. Then they cried out to the Lord. You look at numbers. Whenever they cried out, that was the beginning of their breakthrough. That was the beginning of their, their, the, the bondage that they were in, uh, pardon me, in the book of Judges. A judge would be raised, they would cry out, God would raise up a judge. The judge would not disciple and raise up the next generation, he would die. Then they would go back into bondage. Did you catch that? They'd go back into bondage. Israel would cry out again. And God would raise up another deliverer who would deliver them. And then he would die. He wouldn't disciple. Wouldn't raise up others. Didn't duplicate himself. And then Israel would go back in bondage. The whole book of Judges is that. When they would begin to cry out, that was the moment that God would begin to release His grace, His help, His blessing. So crying out is clearly, it means... To pray. So waiting on God, number one, or A, means to what? To pray. But not only to pray, it means to anticipate that God's going to do something. Anticipation. It means really expecting Him to do something. It's, it's an aspect of your faith. It means, it means basically faith. That God's going to do something. Anticipation. That's faith. So waiting is not only praying, but it's having anticipation in your heart. This could be the day that God comes through for me. This could be the day that God brings the breakthrough I'm contending for. Oh, God could do this thing. To, today, my family could get saved. Today. Today could be the moment where I get the, the miracle that I've been hoping and praying for. Today could be the very day. Ooh. Ooh. Anybody ever watch a sunrise? It's brighter and brighter. You keep looking. You keep. That's the picture of waiting on God. It's a picture of, of, of prayer, but it's a, a picture of anticipation. Here it comes. Any second now. It's action. Prayer is not twiddling your thumbs. Prayer is not just going, well, one day and by and by, it's going to come, praise God. Prayer is pray. Waiting is prayer. Waiting is anticipation. Thirdly, it means to be patient. I hate that word, don't you? But it's true. We have to be patient. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Waiting means to be patient. Has anybody waited in the line recently? How'd you do? Have you waited in the line? Have you waited in the line? Long line, huh? You ever gone to your mail at the Wasilla Post Office? At Christmas. Go to get your box. You wait. I used to hate waiting. But I've discovered that if I give him my waiting moments, that then I can have a tremendous time with God instead of be all in the flesh and get irritated. The hardest time I have is when somebody's driving slowly in front of me and I'm trying to get somewhere. Habakkuk, let me give you some scriptures for being patient. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? It means to pray. It means to have anticipation that He's going to do something. The third thing is it means to be patient. Here, Habakkuk 2.3, For the revelation waits a point in time. It speaks at the end. It will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. James, this is worth turning to. James chapter 5. Verse 7 and 8. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient. 
and stand firm. You might be in the middle of a great trial. You might be in the middle of obstacles. You wait for the Lord's deliverance. Be patient. He's coming. I've noticed He's never early, but He sure is never late. He closes one door and opens another, but it sure can be hell in the hallways. You've got to learn to wait on the Lord. Pray, anticipate. Anticipate He's going to do something. It's waiting with action. Patience. I don't pray for patience anymore. I just claim it. I have patience. I have patience. I have patience. Fruit of the Spirit. It's not only to pray, to anticipate, or to have faith, or to be patient. Waiting on the Lord, it means to focus on Him. That He is our focus. Not ourselves. I have learned this painfully. But when you make Him your focus, when you make Him your focus and you take your eyes off of your carcass and your problems, your difficulties, and you look to Him, Isaiah says that those who look to Him, their faces are radiant. You can always tell somebody who's, who's waiting on the Lord, who's praying, anticipating, who's walking in patience. You can tell because there's something about them. Really, in the midst of trial, they have joy. In the midst of painful difficulties... While there will be seasons of weeping and crying, joy comes. Now we have to shift our focus. Come on, some of you need to shift your focus. Quit staring at the wind and the waves and every problem that you have and look unto Him, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Look to Him. Lift your eyes up and gaze upon His beauty. Have an encounter with Him. And know and understand that God loves you. Just the way you are. And He's going to take you and move you to a place of a release of His grace, a release of His power, if you learn to wait on Him. How are you doing? How you been doing? You been, are, are you, are you been a good waiter? How many of you, I cannot stand a bad waiter. No, you've been to a restaurant. You know what I'm talking about? They don't visit you. You want some salt and pepper. It's not there. You want some cheese. It's not there. Right? We went to a restaurant, which will remain nameless. And to why we were there, Pastor Chris, who's particular, uh, meaning that he likes his stuff the way he likes it. And he doesn't like anything dirty or smudgy or messy or anything like that. And I mean, in other words, if it, if it hit the floor, there's no 30-second rule for him. I have a 30-second rule. I'm good. I sanctify it. I'll eat it. But you know what I'm talking about? If I drop pie, come on. I dropped some pecan pie. I, I dropped some fried chicken when I was down south. I ate that thing right after I dropped it in. So I pick up and say, hallelujah, praise God. Right? Okay, he's not going to do that. If it hits the floor, that's it for him. It's defiled. Okay, so he gets this plate at this particular restaurant, and they put the plate down, and it's got like this booger. I mean, it looked like one. I mean, it looked like something like that. And when a plate went down, you know, you know how you're looking at when somebody gets some, served something. It was an empty plate. It went down. It's white, and it's this big thing uh, on the plate. And we all looked at it. And I looked at Pastor Chris. He's all. When that happened, the bus person said, "Oh, the guy, the guy scratches it off with his nail, wipes it off, and moves on to the next person." I thought, "Oh, snap." How many of you know that is poor service? Okay, how are you doing in the area? Come on, some of you got some stuff on your plate. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Woo. 
<laughs> How are you doing in the area of waiting on God? Are you praying? Are you anticipating that God's going to break out? How's your patience? Or are you part of the microwave generation? And some of you haven't been filled with the Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. You're longing for God to baptize you with fire. But your attitude is that of McDonald's, where you roll up to McDonald's and you order your number four, go big, or whatever it is, and I want the fries hot. And you get there, and it takes longer than 30 seconds, so you're bent. What kind of McDonald's is this? You know, there's a delay in the fryer or something, and you just lose your mind because... For the first time in your McDonald's encounters, you haven't gotten your meal right away. Come on, tell you something. God is not like McDonald's. He's not a cosmic bellhop where He just shows up and hands you your bag of goodies. You have to tarry. You have to pray. You have to wait. You have to, he's doing, ah, He's doing something on the inside of you while you're waiting. He wants to make you. Instead of a jerk, He wants to change you to be somebody who's filled with the Spirit, who's not moved by circumstances. Can you say amen? I know there's no jerks in here. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? It means to pray. It means to anticipate or to have faith that He's going to do something. Thirdly, it means to be patient. Fourthly, it means to focus on Him instead of ourselves. Okay, what does it mean to be blessed for waiting? Now, God wants to bless you. You wait, then He blesses you. What does it mean to be blessed? It's right here in the text. Verse 19. It means answer to prayer. It means an answer to prayer, that your prayers will be answered if you learn to wait on God. Now, there's answers to prayer which are yes, no, and wait. Yes, no, wait. Some people think, I didn't get any answer to prayer because the prayer they didn't get, the, the prayer they prayed wasn't yes, and they feel like that's not an answer. No. Quit being a child. It can be no. Hello? It can be no. So what, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? The blessings that come, well, He answers prayer. Thirdly, secondly, He reveals Himself in the midst of our difficulties. Ooh, I love this. Look at verse 20. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore. But your eyes will see your teachers. When I go through difficulties, and I go through painful things in my life and my family, and I teach I've been teaching you, and I teach those I disciple. When you go through difficulties, take a good, hard look. Because usually the case, now I don't know about you, so I could just say for myself, I threw myself under the bus most of the time. Now what Pentecostals like doing is like blaming the devil all the time. And they say, oh, the devil, that devil on after me. What, you fool? You've been smoking your credit cards like crazy, and now you have this massive debt, and now you're in trouble. We did the credit, come on. In this unhealed place where you swipe, swipe, swipe to try to feel better. They get rid of some anxiety. Just have a moment of newness. And the newness fades. And you have this massive debt. Now you want to tell me that's the devil? That's, no, that's you. Hey, now they might be motivated demonically or by hurt and wounds on the inside of you. But you've got to take responsibility. I threw myself under the bus most of the time. And in the midst of difficulties... When you go through difficult things, take a good, hard look in the mirror. There's a principle of the the mirror and the window in leadership. Learn this, all of you leaders. Those who are uh, leading businesses, perhaps. When things are great, look out the window and, and give credit and blessing to God and all of the people that are helping you do it. And when they stink, they crash and they burn, take a good, hard look in the mirror, baby. 
And you look at yourself and take responsibility for the failures in your own life. But this talks about one of the blessings will be is that in the midst of difficulty, He will come and manifest Himself to show you, to speak to you, to teach you through it. Come on, out of every trial is a great lesson for three or four or five or six. I was talking to a kid uh, at the gas pump, and he had this totally bad sled in the back of his truck. I'm talking serious, 900 Polaris, whatever thing was just tough, brand new. And I'm, I, Danny got out of the truck with me. I said, now, that's a sled right there, son. He goes, yeah. Be looking at and so I'm talking to that guy. I mean, that thing looks tough. He goes, yeah. I got stuck for nine hours yesterday. I said, nine hours? He goes, yeah. He told me where it was. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, I, I just made a mistake and couldn't get, couldn't get up on the snow and couldn't get back up. And anybody ever do a bunch of snow machining sledding? I said, wow, you must have learned something. He goes, yeah, I sure did. The difficulty that you're in, God wants to teach you something. And when some of you have fallen in a ditch, guess what? You don't have to fall in the ditch again. Come on, some of you have gone around the mountain many, many times. Let the Lord teach you. Lord, what do you want to teach me out of this painful experience? And yet, people in, in, in Christendom and outside will continually take their fingers and stick them in a pencil sharpener. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that hurt. Some of you continually sticking your finger in a pencil sharpener. God's trying to get your attention and say, Hey, finger, pencil sharpener. Pencil sharpeners are for pencils. Your fingers, no, they're for doing the works of the Lord. Stop doing that. Come on. Oh, come on, somebody say, God wants to teach me. He wants to reveal Himself in the midst of your difficulty. Look at see. He will guide us. Verse 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you. How many of you want the word of the Lord? How many of you want to hear the word of the Lord? Great. Well, then learn to wait on Him. And when you wait on Him, He will speak to you. His sheep know and hear His voice. He leads and guides you. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And so when you're living for Him and you're waiting on Him, you're, you're praying, you're anticipating, you're patient. You're not looking at your own self. You're focused on God and loving Him. Then He leads you. He guides you. He'll speak to you. You'll be in the right place at the right time. And you didn't even know you were supposed to be there. Fourthly, he'll reveal your sin. Very good. Let's move on to the next one. Look at E. He'll reveal your sin. It says you will defile your own idols. Now, some of you are like, I don't have any idols. Well, self is probably the biggest one you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, self is probably the number one idol. Self-worship, worshiping you, your stuff, your comfortability. When most of the world is grappling, and scrapping to try to get a meal... We're all bent out of shape when our heat doesn't work. Although that can be an issue in Alaska. Bent out of shape when our, our battery-operated remote control doesn't work for our VCR. Our, no, no, our, our DVD Blu-ray thing. You try to pause that and you're like, man, those batteries. And you pop them. You won't even get out of your chair because you just spin the batteries because you don't want to get up to get to batteries, right? You spin the batteries a little, pop the thing back. That's right. And you get a little bit more life out of it. But God forbid, if the remote control batteries go dead, you have to get up and change the channel. And if you don't have any batteries, come on, watching six hours, the average male of TV every day, six hours, getting discipled by the idiot box. Get up because you have to. Do you remember when you have to, who remembers having to change the TV yourself? Right. And then you had kids and you're like, Bubba, go change the channel. No, not that one. Keep going. 
I've got a remote control. It's 11 years old. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on. And remember when they got the first one? I remember this lady. It's like 1977 or 76. And it was just two buttons. Chinkin, chinkin, chinkin. Do you remember that one? It was like Zenith or whatever. It was all that. Well, now we got like Netflix and stuff. I mean, it's amazing. Sin. When you wait on the Lord, He'll reveal your sin. Now, when sin is revealed, what you do is you throw it down and you repent. And some of you are bowing down to stuff, so focused on money, so focused on self, so focused on the issues and your problems. Focus on God. Real, align your heart with Him. Oh, hallelujah. He'll prosper us. Look at verse 23. What does it mean to be blessed for waiting? It means answer to prayer. That God will reveal Himself in the midst of your difficulties. He'll guide us. He'll reveal your sin. And He will prosper us. Verse 23. He will give you rain for your seed with which you sow. And bread of the increase of the earth. When you wait on God, He will prosper you. Verse 23. Come on, God wants to prosper you. He not only wants to prosper you, verse 26, He wants to protect you in the day when the Twin Towers fall. Now, this is, I've heard this preached about the, the, the Twin Towers on 9-11. And when they fell, it was a sign. It was, certainly was a sign. Now, God wants to pour out His Spirit. His rivers will flow. Look at verse 26. Verse 25, in the day of great slaughter and twin towers fall, streams of water will flow on every high mountain. Verse 25, pardon me. God wants to pour out His Spirit in America. God wants to pour out His Spirit here. God wants to pour out His Spirit in your life. But if you learn to wait on God, you'll never receive it. Can you, you know why there's only 120 in the upper room? Because the 500 that saw Him ascend couldn't wait. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Come on. They could not wait. They couldn't wait. They didn't have the patience. They didn't have the endurance. They wanted their stinking happy meal, and they wanted to get going. But God said, wait in Jerusalem. Some of you have run off ahead of God, and He's trying to say, no, 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 no. Come back here. Why don't you wait? Wait a little bit. Pray, anticipate, have patience, take the focus off your own stuff, put it on God, and watch God come and bless you which is provision, protection. He'll, it's, look at G. He'll heal you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He'll heal you. You should see what I'm looking at right now. Praise God. We all need healing. You say, do you need healing, Pastor? Yes. I'm not sure what. I'm just, no, I'm sure I do. Somewhere. Heal me, Jesus. You wait on the Lord, He'll protect you, He'll heal you. All right, a personal word as I bring this message to a close. What makes a good waiter or a waitress? You ever thought about that? I think the first thing is, I'm a sort of a play on words. I think the first thing is attitude. If, if they have a bad attitude, you ever been you ever greeted by somebody like, you want anything? I'm like, yeah, a new waiter. I'm going to pay for food and you're going to irritate me the whole time I eat? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, a new waiter would be good. And I've done that. Not said that, you know. I might not have been saved back then. I try to win them over. But attitudes, how's your attitude? How's your attitude in serving God? 1 Corinthians, I believe it's uh, uh, 10, talks about 
how they grumbled and they're grumbling and they're murmuring, they're complaining, released a destroying angel. Now, I want you to understand something right now. Your attitude as you go through the difficulty you're in will either release blessing as you learn to wait on God, pray, anticipate, be patient, take the focus off your own self, put it on God. Or you'll release something else. And in, in 1 Corinthians 10 it says, and because they murder and complain, it released a destroying angel. I'm going to tell you that you can, through your own words and through your own attitudes and through your own stinking thinking, begin to release a demonic onslaught on your life when God wants you to walk in blessing. But because your attitude stinks, you're releasing stink on your life. Are you telling me I can release devils? Yeah. Yeah. How's your attitude? Being a good waiter. How's your attention? When a waiter notices that I'm half, my glass is half gone with water and they fill it up and they're right on it and they see when I need it and they anticipate it. They're right there. They're looking. They're, they're, they're paying attention. Don't get sidetracked by the things of, of... Don't be enamored by the things of the world. Don't be enamored by wealth. Don't be enamored by stuff. Don't be enamored by temporal things. Learn to be enamored by God. And when you set your gaze upon Him and you make Him the focus of your attention, He takes care of everything. You got a scripture for that, Pastor? I do. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and He will add all things. Come on, when you love God and you make Him, you you stay focused in your attitude and your attention is on Him and on waiting on Him and being diligent and taking every thought captive and making it obedient. When you keep your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. When you're able to control yourself in the midst of difficult situations and circumstances, God comes through. That's what it is to wait on God. Look at three. Action. It's wonderful to have a good attitude. Great to see things and to be able to pay attention. But how would it be if a waiter just had his hand in his pockets while you're waiting to eat? He didn't bring his meal. The bell goes off. In the kitchen to pick up table four. And the waiter's, he's got a good attitude. He can hear the bell. He can see that you need water and your food is ready, but he doesn't get off his tail to go get you what you, what you need. He's serving. Serve. you got to serve. Everybody say serve. Now, we have ministries in the church. I, and I, we don't just have them because we just want to have ministries. SMO, say it. S-M-O. Small groups, ministries, outreaches. We have light. They're also called lights. All of these things are called lights. We want to be a light city on a hill. S-M-O. Small group, ministry, outreach. Why do we have them? Do we have them because there's a need to be needs to be met? Absolutely. How many of you thankful you got some clean carpet that you're looking at today? Praise God. That's, an, that's, that's a ministry. Keepers of the house. How many of you thankful for small groups? All right. Small groups is the best way to grow in God. I'm just telling you. I'm going to talk to this 93-year-old preacher. He stood there in the pulpit, 93 years old. And he stood there, and his lesson was on bringing a convert to a disciple. Southern guy, he said, Well, the best way to grow in God is getting a small group. The second thing you want to do besides a small group is get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the third thing is tithe. Go to church. 
and you'll become like Jesus. That was his message. Small group. Everybody say small group. There, there comes an unction, an anointing, a, a grace from God when you learn to serve. Serving is instrumental in your growth in God. It's, it's a part of waiting. Everybody say, I'm going to do something. Come on, get plugged in. All right. Do we wait on the Lord enough as I conclude this message and the worship team comes? Do we wait on the Lord enough? Do we? Does your day revolve around prayer? Your day's got to revolve around prayer. Are you getting up and praying? I, I, I don't know how to pray. Well, then get with some folks that know how to pray. I mean, praying is just talking to God. Come to the Father. You pray in Jesus' name. You pray His will. Blessing on your life. Good morning prayer. Be a part of that. We must bring everything to Him in prayer. will not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust on Jesus' name. Christ, the solid rock, I feel stand. All other ground is sinking sand. In life, I've found that if, I, if my prayer life wanes, if my prayer life wanes and I lose the fire that God has intended for me to live in and to distribute, to walk in, you've got to bring you see, the question is really, do you trust His Lordship? Because many people get burned out because it doesn't happen the way that they were supposed to. We, who made you the potter? You're not the potter. You're the clay. Come on, just love Him. Wait on Him. Serve Him. And the last thing is, we've got to have Him as our greatest joy. He must be your greatest joy. When I go through difficult things, I've learned to wait on God. Not right away, mind you. Sometimes I, you know, you have this desire and you're, you're waiting on God and then He gives you the desires of your heart. And then as those begin to happen, sometimes the enemy, which really your flesh, maybe your flesh is your enemy also, cause that thing to shift. And before you know it, you're wanting your desire actually more than, than loving God, which is actually what caused your desire to begin to come about in the first place. And then you actually have an idol. Hello? Oh, I'm going to take a leap of faith. you got to stop playing. I'm going to close this message with this song that years ago, I'll tell you the story. I was saved about a year. And I'd gotten divorced. I tried to put my marriage back together. Wife hated me. Got a restraining order. It was a nightmare. We're talking... 20 years ago, whatever. I was in Hawaii, and all of the contents of my entire life, which was over in, in the state of Washington, was delivered, unbeknownst to me, delivered to my front, my front step of my little apartment that I had in Hawaii. And I came out of my apartment and had a, I got a knock on the door and had a sign there was a, deli- a delivery company with a large truck. And they said, we've got some stuff for you, Mr. You, you Daniel Brackett. Yeah, well, we need you to sign this. And so I signed it. I walk, I, I, I got out, went outside. The truck opened up. And we're talking a big box truck filled with 
the entire contents of everything I've ever owned, from every tie to every, to, to, I'm talking personal effects. Not only that, every gift I ever gave my kids, all the stuff that I ever did for my family, the personal items and family articles and effects. I mean, talking everything, a lifetime in the box. They opened up the box and they offloaded everything as I sat there weeping and crying for the loss of my family and two daughters that I still don't get to see to this day, 20-something years later. And I sat there and watched all this just dump on my front porch and found this crack happen in my heart. I began to weep. And I couldn't take it, man. I just couldn't take the pain at that walk, at that moment in my life. I couldn't handle the, ang- the, 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 the brokenheartedness that I was going through. I didn't know how to take that and run to God like I know how to do that now. I just... So I, knew, I just did what I knew what to do, which was to run to the stuff that would take away the pain, which was my old life. In a blur, in a moment of less than 24 hours, I found myself in a homeless camp in the middle of a Keawe forest in, in, in Hawaii, sitting around with a bunch of brokenhearted people. It was almost like a, a, a moment went by. I had I'd gotten drunk. I lost my mind. And as I sat there, I realized that that presence of the Lord was no longer with me. And I sat there and realized what I've done again. I did it again. I went back to the old life. The Lord brought me, woke me up as I'm sitting around this fire with all of these homeless people and people that have just come from broken-hearted lives and families and everybody lying around and some people doing drugs and some people not. And, and I sang this song. I waited, and he heard my cry. 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 He pulled me out of my despair from quicksand to the rock. I waited, I waited, waiting, waiting for the Lord on high. I waited and He heard my cry. And as I sang that song, God's power came on me. And I said, oh God, forgive me. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And as I, as I continued to pray and pour my heart out, God began to heal my broken heart. Immediately I was sober. And immediately I could see in the Spirit, it was almost like I had this, this backsliding moment, but then God came in a column of fire. And as I opened my eyes, looking out upon these broken people, some began to run screaming, shut up, shut up. One guy says, stop singing, dude. Stop singing. But I could not stop singing because if I was to stop singing, it was almost like I would slip into hell and never serve God again. And so all I could do is lift my voice. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Forgive me, O God. Take me back, O God. Some of you have fallen from a place of being on fire for God because you forgot what it is to wait on Him. Learn to wait. Don't make another Ishmael for the love of God. Don't take things into your own hands. Leave them in His.
and trust Him. He will bring you to a place of rich fulfillment. He will bring you to a place of satisfaction and joy. Oh, you might not get the very thing that you hoped that you had. Well, maybe it's not time to get that. This is just a test that you're going through. It's just an internship you're in. Be faithful in the little things. He will make you ruler over much. Ruler over much means to rule, not over much here. In the day and the age to come. To rule in the age to come. To rule and reign with Christ. To what you're in now. To learn to wait on Him. He will mold you. He will make you. He will heal you. He will protect you. He will bless you. He will speak to you. He will guide you. Pray. Have anticipation. Patience. Take your focus off of yourself. Put it on God. And then provision, protection, healing, blessing. God's grace is released on your life. Can you say amen today? Stand up on your feet. Put your hands together for Jesus. Come on. Come on, say, God, I'm going to wait. I'm going to be a better waiter. Come on, I'm going to be a better waiter. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would give us living understanding from this morning's Word. A lamp unto a feet and a light upon our path. That we would learn to wait on you to be a people of prayer. Help us. Help us, God, to see this prayer movement explode the 24-7. Help us. Lord, ignite us. Give us a revelation of prayer in our personal walk with you. That we would be a people of faith and anticipation. I believe you're about to do something today. You're going to do something today, God. People of patience. We trust you and your leadership and we won't take things in our own hands. That we will defile our idols. We cast down every high and lofty thought that's raised up against the knowledge of God today. We declare, Lord, that you're the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we submit. We want to obey you, your precepts. We want to have understanding and hear your voice to be guided. Help us to wait, to pray, to anticipate, to have patience. And for the love of God, we ask, help us to take our eyes off of ourselves. And to look to the fields that are white with harvest. That we'd say not four more months, but today is the day of harvest. Today is salvation, the day of salvation. Thrust us forth into the harvest field. As we wait on you. Build a new our strength. As we wait on the Lord. Mount up with wings like eagles. Mount up with wings like eagles, yes. I'm gonna wait on you, wait on you, I'll wait on you. I'm gonna wait on you, wait on you, I'll wait on you, I'm gonna wait on you, I'll wait on you. I'm not going to take things into my own hands, no. I'm not going to take things into my own hands. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to yield to you. going to trust you. going to pray and seek and not. I'm going to wait on you. I'll wait on you. I'll wait on you. I'm going to 
given your heart to Him, and you want to give your heart to the Lord, you want your sins forgiven, you want to start afresh, and you realize something's missing in your life. But something missing in your life is Christ. It is Jesus. You must believe on Him and be saved. Repent. Turn from your way of doing things, your way of thinking. Submit to Him and His leadership. Believe on Him. Ask Him to come into your heart, to your life. Make Him your Lord. I'm talking about joining a church. I'm talking about having your sins forgiven. If you're not right with God, you want to give your heart to Him for the first time, in a moment you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? And I say, yes. In a moment you're going to lift your hands. Or maybe you received the Lord and time's gone by or when you were a small child at camp or maybe even a month ago, but you know you're not right with God now. You know you aren't. And if you were to be called now and it would be all over for you now, you know that you're not right with God. And if you're not right with God, but you've, you've been met right with Him before, you need to recommit your life. In a moment, I want you to slip your hand up. Or maybe you just want to be sure. The devil lies to you and you're just not sure. You're not sure whether, whether you really are saved, whether you really have received Jesus and repented of your sin. If you fit in any of those categories, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time, or number two, you want to Recommit your life to the Lord. Or number three, you just want to be sure. At the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One, fit in any of those categories. Two, three, do it right now. God bless you, 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 God bless you. Praise God, God bless you. See that hand? See that hand? I see that hand. Anybody else? Maybe you're online. I see that hand. Now listen, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but if you're serious about it, if you're serious, come to the front. We're all going to pray quickly. Quickly come, right here, right to the front. with all your heart. But there's still room. There's a few people here. The Spirit of God's tugging on you. Service is almost over. I have a theory that, it's theory that if you can't acknowledge God in front of a bunch of people that love Him, it's going to be very difficult to do that in front of a world that really doesn't like Him at all. If you're serious about recommitting your life, getting right with God for the first time, we're going to sing again and you come right now. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on you. Come on. Wait on you. Wait on you. Come on. Come on. I'm going to wait on you. Wait on you. Come on right now. I'm going to wait. 
those of you in the congregation, those online, those listening to the sound of my voice, all of you up front that's come to recommit your life or give your heart to Jesus for the first time, I want you to know this, that when you pray with sincerity of heart, everything you have ever done wrong, everything you've ever, ever sang, you've ever told, everything you've ever done wrong is about to be totally wiped out and put underneath what the Bible calls the blood of Jesus. He'll remember it no more. He throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. And bless God, there's no fishing in the sea of forgetfulness. Don't you ever bring it up again. You're going to be totally forgiven as you recommit, as you give your heart to Jesus. Every sin you ever did is atoned for. It's wiped out. He paid for it. Come on, somebody say, He paid for it. So come on, let's lift our voice. And we'll pray. Everybody say, Dear Jesus. Come on, just write out loud. Say, Dear Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I'm coming to you the best way I know how. Break every chain. Break every bondage. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Help me to live for you. Give me a hunger for the Word. A hunger for the things of God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Just lift your hands as a sign of surrender to the Lord all across this place. Service is almost over. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, come right now. Fill, touch. In the name of Jesus, fill and touch them in Jesus' name. Right now. Break every bondage. Break every chain. Right now, come on. Come on, pray for God's freedom. Right now, break every chain. Fill them. Fill them. Fill them. Holy Spirit, touch. Every bondage be broken now in the name of Jesus. Every curse be broken. Jesus' name. Amen. Now here's what's going to happen. Service is almost over. Thank you for your patience. We've got some leaders that are around you that have come. They know who they are and we know who you are. We love you. How many of you think it would be wrong if a child was born and we didn't feed that child? We want to help you grow big and strong in God. So there's some leaders that are all around you and they're going to get some information from you and they're going to pray for you. We're just going to worship for a moment while they do that. All right? Leaders, will you please go ahead? One person to each person, please. Come on, sing. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on you. I'll wait on you. I'll wait on you. Come on. Service almost over. Just worship. I'm going to wait on you. I'll wait on you. your cross and take someone by the hand this morning. So thankful that you turned out. Won't you invite somebody to church next week? Don't miss tonight. Six o'clock service. Just going to flow in the Holy Ghost and have revival. Don't miss tonight. Six o'clock. We will have a formal members year-end meeting. Whether you're a formal member or not, you can come. We'll go through the financials. That meeting will start at 945. 
But I do need your help before we close in prayer. I need your help to vote. If you're not going to be here, I need you to vote. Whether it's yes or no for the Delta Junction property, be led by the Holy Ghost. And I need you to vote for board members. So if you can do that absentee ballot thing, Minister Tim is out there now. He'll help you. If you can't make it tonight, you're a formal member. Please, I need your vote. I need you to vote, all right? Is that okay? All right, we love you. Get plugged in. Be a part of our lights, the SMO Small Group Ministry Outreaches. Learn to wait on God real good. Let's be good waiters. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for what you've done today. Thank you for your blessing, your power, your anointing, your grace. Release your people, Lord, in a wonderful way this week. I pray for breakthrough in business, breakthrough in the marketplace, breakthrough in every area for your people. I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. Bless them. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance unto them. Give them grace and peace. In Jesus' holy name, amen. God bless you. We hope to see you tonight.